the Book Nook Podcast. Uh, my name is Tim, and as always, my co-host is here with me. Hi, I'm Claire. It's Claire. Hope everyone's happy and well. Yes, yes. It's It's been a busy week, but it's it's been good, and I have been looking forward to this. Um, so, uh, today we are going to be talking about the book, uh, The Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. Um, and before we get, you know, too in depth with it, um, we should probably note that our um, release schedule has, uh, at least for the audio version, is a little bit delayed. Um, we have had uh, one of our uh, dear friends and uh, editors, kind of it's like secret, se- yes, producer, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, awesome human, yeah, yeah. have. Uh, some personal stuff pop up in their life and um we didn't feel like it was appropriate to um you know push 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 to try to get it out while they're dealing with um what it is that they're dealing with so uh if you're listening to this audio recording of episode three um it was recorded on may 8th which is mother's day in the united states but not so much the uk Yep, happy Mother's Day, Americans. <laughs> um, and Canadians. Is it Canadians as well? You know, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, but uh, we are... This is the first uh, book of May that we'll be reading. And uh, we'll be talking about, at the end of the podcast... Um, the next two books that we're going to kind of like throw out into our lineup um, so you'll know what is coming up next uh, so that you can either choose which of the two books you'd like to read if your time is limited or if you um, would like to read both then you can get started right away um, and um, thinking about other business up front, uh, we have some socials to to follow. First of all, we have a, a Discord, which um, I need to start linking the Discord in um, our yes. our uh, like podcast audio podcast download feed, um, so that people can can get to it um, even if they're listening via audio. Um, or uh, if you're on Twitch, or if you're on like our other social medias, I believe it is linked um, in our bio on Twitter, uh, the book underscore, no, the underscore book underscore nook <laughs> yeah. um, on Twitch and Twitter and Instagram, I believe as well, correct? Uh, Instagram is complicated. Um, actually so is Twitter to be honest okay it's, it's, I, yeah. because we'll because links. we're gonna put some links in the in the bio perfect and, and also in the, uh, we're gonna sort out the twitch panels and yes stuff and people will be able to click because you know usernames are taken yeah absolutely look, nook on twitter nook is spelled n00k oh, okay and yes on, uh, <laughs> on instagram it's tbn underscore the underscore book underscore nook 
Thank you so much for clearing that up, Claire. Um, <laughs> I have been um, thinking about like things that we could do on TikTok as well. Um, if we want to venture into the TikTok verse, um, that's what the kids yeah. that's what the kids are into these days, right? Uh, yeah. So. Uh, there's some things that I thought that we could do, um, whether that be like some special like mini videos of, um, you know, what uh, it could look like if we read books outside of the the two books a month, um, which okay. I, I actually have found that I am doing. I don't know about you, Claire. Yeah, but, I am. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll get into that a little bit too, um, but I don't know. Do we have a TikTok yet, or do we need to s- need solidify? To okay, okay. Maybe I can work on that. Um, I can't promise uh, dances, but who knows? That seems <laughs> to be how you gain traction on that app, but uh, I don't think hmm. for the same reasons. Um, anyway. Uh, we will go ahead and jump in. If there's nothing else, Claire, what do you think? I'm just thinking, um, maybe like rather than you and I do dances, we make all of our friends do them instead, and then we just post those <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, I'm down for that. That sounds great. Um, uh, <laughs> we could do. How could we incorporate dances and books? Like, I don't know. We'd, we'd have to, like, hold them while dancing or something? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure we can come up with something. Let's get our creative brains involved. Yeah, because they're the TikTok dances are usually choreographed, uh, and the sounds are associated with them. Um, but anyway. Um, what, we need, what we really, really need yeah. is a social media manager that is really we good at this do. stuff. So that- we do. Actually, we do. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great because I do feel like that is a limitation uh, for us. Um, definitely for we me. Have no money. We're not paying for. Oh, it. absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> this is, you know, um, very much on a voluntary basis, um, and because you love us, and because you're into that sort of a thing, great for your resume, though. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, exposure. 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 Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You'll get shout outs. Um, yeah, we will make we'll make it worth your while somehow. Um, just not monetarily, because neither one of us. Because uh, we're poor. Yeah, I mean, poor. there's that, and we're not making any money off of this, right? No, we are not. Uh, with that being said, please support your local libraries. Yes. All right. If you can find any, still open in the UK. Oh, are they shutting down? What? No. Yeah, yes and no. Really? There's still a lot out there, but there's been a lot that have closed down. So one of the schools that I work in, um, their school library also acts as the town's library, like the community library. Oh, okay. So people from the community can come into the school to, you know, take out books and things like that. It's really interesting. I've never seen one jointly, uh, you know, connected. But anyway. That's quite a good idea. But, um, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so the libraries that I so I work experienced in a library when I was okay. Long story short, I was kicked out of school when I was fifteen, um, and rather than uh, homeschooling or anything else, they sent me off to do work experience, and I went to do work experience in the library. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, <laughs> I was a very naughty child, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I just remember it smelling of old men and pipe tobacco constantly. Oh God! I don't what think a, that's a good look for well, a school. What a combination! No, I know. No, no. I, I had no idea. I think you had mentioned the the school thing before, but um, I didn't know that you worked in a library. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, not for that long, actually, a few months. But yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Actually, it was a great, great job to have. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, and I could take out any books I wanted, and they also let me off all of my late fees that I'd built up, which was only about three pounds or something at the time. But oh, okay, pounds for me and my fifteen-year-old self was quite a lot. So. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's like lunch, right? <laughs> well, I mean, that's probably lunch now, but back then it was, you know, I'm not actually not going to go on any further about that because then I'll just give away how old I am. <laughs> oh, that's that's Two totally fine. Quite a lot of money when I was 15. It's it's really, you know, you just something that you said just sparked my like. If we have audio only uh, listeners that mm-hmm. are have just never. Um, seen us or know like know who we are. Just the fact that like they would be guessing as to what we would look like or uh, how old we would be. That's interesting. I've never I've never had that uh, happen as uh, flipped. Like obviously, like me, I'm always enjoying other people's content. But um, anyway, mm. uh, the psychologist in me is uh, yeah perked up. Anyway, I mean, if you really, really want to know how old I am, you know, feel free to DM me or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, me and I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you could come over to uh, Twitch.tv slash the underscore book underscore Nook, and you could find out. So we're talking about libraries. So just before we go into the book, because mm-hmm. I don't think this book discussion is actually going to be that long. It's not. Um, <laughs> I thought that leading up to today. Um, but we do have a question from one of our viewers. Yeah. Said, yeah. Um, who's talking about libraries and the mm-hmm. fact that there's a school library and a community library in the same place. So, is there less restrictions on the books then if it's also for the community? So, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so, there does not seem to be. Um, it does. Basically, what I've found is that their school library um, looks like it covers more subjects and um, like more genres, and it might just be a little bit deeper um, in depth because it's also serving as a community library. Um, For those of you that are based in the United States, um, we seem to be... uh, um, how do I want to say this professionally? Um, we seem to be uh, backwards in some of our states in terms of uh, social and political 
ideas and values. And so one of the things that we are currently wrestling with in my state is uh, like a like a book reform type of scenario. And um, we have multiple, multiple people um, calling for specific young adult books or um, not just in the young adult category, but uh, books in general to no longer be allowed to be checked out Um, because it has to do with certain subjects or themes that um, they view as an attack on their beliefs or um, is counterintuitive to the things that they must be um, expressing at home uh, to their to their kiddos. Um, or the the biggest thing is that we hear the word in that um, the public school system is indoctrinating our children. Um, yeah, so um, that is obviously something that um, we, I feel like we on the book nook uh, do not support. Um, and we are very much uh, an inclusive group of people uh, on the podcast. And so um, it's been it's been interesting. Um, I haven't noticed that because it's a community library and a school library, whether or not like that it has impacted anything. Um, I do know that the school district that this currently takes place in is a very conservative school district, um, like the community is. But they have not, um, although people have brought this issue up to the school board with an expectation of them taking action to ban certain books, the school board has denied that request every time that it has come up so far. Uh, Oh, Claire, I am not hearing you. Oh, that's because I pressed mute because <laughs> I had to deal with the dog very quickly and I forgot to unmute again. That's books. okay. So yeah, that's really good that they've um, they've denied the request to ban certain books. Yeah. So this is, I don't want to get into too much of a tangent on this and, mm-hmm. and you and I are very much on the same page with it, I know. Um, but my feeling is that most children will follow pretty much the belief system of their parents. It doesn't really matter what school they go to, what friends they have or whatever, unless I agree. it's pretty extreme. They tend to generally follow in that trend. So unless you are not as secure in your beliefs as you perhaps portray yourselves to be, you shouldn't be scared of your children reading around subjects that you can then discuss with them. So surely it's people that are not actually that secure that their belief systems are the right ones that are actually suggesting that they ban these influences on their children i don't know maybe that's just they they absolutely view it as a threat um Mm. because uh they feel as though um what they what values um and beliefs they are expressing at home and discussing with their children is um what they're hearing at school is somehow um thought to be 
um, the ab- the exact opposite of what they would want their children to be hearing. Um, and to me, it shouldn't be viewed as a threat if the student is just hearing a different perspective and or, or a different point of view. It um, as educators, well, that's essentially what we're tasked with. <laughs> um, yeah. And we are not in any way, shape or form putting our own beliefs or philosophies or values onto or ideals onto those topics. But we, if, if, especially if um, a student brings it up in a class discussion, it should not be dismissed or, um, you know, you, there's a, there's ways to talk about subjects and themes without giving your opinion on the matter. Um, and most of the time you really just have to open it up to, to the students as an open forum to let them almost like take control of that conversation and discussion because what is okay is for different points of view from the kids to be thrown back and forth. Like they can hear each other. Um, but what's important is that we are not the ones bringing our views and thoughts and ideals into it. But if we can help facilitate a conversation, that's a win because so many people in this country cannot do that. (laughs) Um, they cannot have discourse, um, political, social, or otherwise, um, it's immediate shutdown and there's not a lot of listening going on. Um, but there is in our schools and I would fight tooth and nail to conti- for that to continue to happen. Beautiful. Me too. And it's the same here pretty much. I didn't know. All right. Yeah. So anyway, excellent, excellent discussion. Thank you for that. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> This is going to be a complete shift now um, to talking about our book of the month. Um, And that, again, is the Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. Um, Claire, have you read any of uh, John Scalzi's work before? I have not, no. I've I've seen it. It comes up on my recommended reads quite a lot. Okay. Um, And for some reason, the blurbs have never really grabbed me. Um, I probably will read some because I want to contrast his other works with this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, knowing what I know now after reading this one, but um, yeah, I'm. I, I have not. Have you? No. So I have not. I haven't either. Um, but he has quite a long list of of other works. Um, I want to say like over twenty different ones. Um, that I was kind of scrolling through. I've absolutely heard the name, um, but I just, I just haven't seen the uh, or read his other work. Um, so this book c- came up in uh, one of like you know some website did a list of like the ten best. Uh, science fiction slash fantasy books in 2021 and this happened to be on that list and I was like when I when I saw it I was like all right 
this looks really interesting. Kai, anything with kaiju, that sounds fun. Like, um, you know, for those of you that are unaware, um, kaiju is a name for a species of um, creature, or, you know, you might even say monster, but essentially it's like the Godzilla, King Kongs uh, of the cinematic universe that is what is you know turn the coin the term kaiju basically and so this idea of a preservation society that is um, tasked with taking care of the kaiju in this universe is really interesting and so i was like okay let's let's see what this is all about um i'll go ahead and read the a uh, little description that is available on Goodreads. So, when COVID-19 sweeps through New York City, Jamie Gray is stuck as a dead-end driver for food delivery apps. That is, until Jamie makes a delivery to an old acquaintance, Tom, who works at what he calls an animal rights organization. Uh, Tom's team needs a last-minute grunt to handle things on their next field visit. Jamie, eager to do anything, immediately signs on. What Tom doesn't tell Jamie is that the animals his team cares for are not here on Earth. Not our Earth, at least. In an alternate dimension, massive dinosaur-like creatures named Kaiju roam a warm and human-free world. They're the universe's largest and most dangerous panda, and they're in trouble. It's not just the Kaiju Preservation Society that's found its way to the alternate world. Others have too, and their carelessness could cause millions back on Earth to die. So, that's the synopsis on the back of the book. Mm -hmm. Um... I am curious to know how you felt uh, hearing that description after reading the book. Do you think that it was what you what it claims to be, or at least the premise that it sets up? Um, yeah, I mean it's it does it's it's a synopsis that's it's an accurate synopsis of what the book is. Um, I think. Um, from what I understand, and this is difficult because having not read anything else by John Scolzi, yeah. I, I feel like this is a slight departure from his usual He kind of writing, maybe. Yeah. Um Yeah. He 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 sort of hints at that and acknowledges that. Um at the end of the book there's like a, an acknowledgments and like final thoughts from the author type deal. And uh it seems as though Scalzi you know, had uh, a delay of another book that he was supposed to have written, and yeah. um, he just wasn't. He actually got COVID, I think. Yeah, and, and yeah, was kind of out of it for a while, and then lots of stuff happened. There was a lot of, you know, things happening in the states that were yes you know, causing him stress and yeah. and making it difficult for him to write. And I think that was um, yeah, kind of all contributed to him, uh, not actually completing the original book that he started to write and then eventually he wrote this one um yeah but you know i think it's fair to say that you know great literature this ain't it's <laughs> um it's a, a 
kind of a romping, light-hearted uh, sci-fi book about kaiju, which is, you know, kind of what it sets out to be, I think. Mm-hmm. So it, it does what it says on the tin. Um, but it might be difficult for people that are used to his uh, other works that might be more um, in-depth or, you know, that they might find it more disappointing. But... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it romps through quite funny. I think the other thing to say is that we both listened to this on audio. We did. Um, and it was narrated by Will Wheaton, who has narrated other books that I've listened to as well. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, and he has a very particular style. <laughs> um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I did find it uh, slightly irritating, the style. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Uh, I kind of I got over it and and continued to listen to it and I enjoyed it a bit more as it went through the book, but it is. This is not going to be a very long podcast, I don't think, because it's, mm-hmm. there's not a huge amount to go into in no. the book. But it, it starts out, um, and it's the tone is set very very early on. It's very um, irreverent, sarcastic, light-hearted. There's you know not a lot of depth of feeling or themes that you can explore in this book it's just a you know a bit of a fast-paced romp yeah it's kind of like a popcorn flick you know like you go to the movies in the summertime and you just want to see like um you know something where you can just kind of like numb your brain and um take down something like slightly entertaining with some quick wit and um action um and i'd say like that's kind of what this book is um <clears throat> you know i agree with what you said it is lighthearted um it is uh, in my opinion it tries incredibly too hard to be funny um mm-hmm. and it's like a little sarcasm goes a long way and they cracked open the box of sarcasm and just dumped the entire box into the book um yes onto the pages yeah um it's just constant and uh it's in uh, you know like i said here and there great especially if you have one character that's sarcastic and witty like that can add a lot of depth to um, that particular character, especially if the others are not. The fact that, like, they all were, and they yeah. just all are smart asses, you know, to a certain extent, it's like, okay, now everybody's hollow again because just everybody is, you know, yeah. sarcastic uh, and trying to be funny and trying to one up each other in a joking way. They all pretty much had the same personality yes yeah. same yeah. sense of humor same personality same you know way of speaking mm-hmm. um yeah there, there wasn't a lot of um differentiation between the characters no um, no essentially like if i could go through the plot um summary um which will probably take one minute um because there isn't much of it in my opinion um you have this guy named Jamie who is like down down on his luck. Uh, he is trying to make it through the pandemic, which I thought the beginning of the book totally relatable. Like I thought it was good. Um, 
He was delivering food via apps. He comes across, uh, first of all, he gets fired um, from his previous job. Um, and that is kind of what sparks him to deliver food. He's delivering food. He's doing that for a little bit. And then he delivers food to an old friend and his old friend, they're catching up and they're just like, Hey, I might have an opportunity for you if you want to get out of the city. And if you want to get, uh, out of this, your current job. And he's, you know, Jamie's like, okay, why not? I have nothing better going on. Um, and there's a ridiculous amount of money involved as well. Like, yes. It's a really well paid. Very well paid. Yeah. Uh, they um, they liken it to like tours. Like basically you would go away, work for uh, six months, and then you would come back and get a break for three or four or five months and then repeat that cycle. So, um, so you know, something akin to uh, a research uh, division where they go on trips, they do what they need to do, and then they come back. Um, and no one would describe this to him, uh, like what the job was. They just said that you have to lift things. Um, and they really played into this idea of like, who oh, we don't want to tell them about the kaiju uh, a little too long, in my opinion. Um and so uh, eventually I don't know actually I think that that kind of did sit with me a little bit yeah. I think they should have said we can't tell you because of national security right. not just left him hanging and hanging and hanging it, because yes. you wouldn't go along with it you wouldn't just go oh no. yeah sure this is all yeah. Right. yeah woo we're going off to work now I agree um, you know whereas if they'd said okay this is super top secret there's national security involved we can't tell you anything until we get to this place don't worry you will get filled in and you know it's completely safe or whatever but um yeah i think yeah you're right they they weren't they didn't give him anything the reason that they chose all these jabs yeah yeah pretty much i mean yeah like get all of these uh inoculations and um then you're good so uh yeah I think that if they would have handled it that way instead of like, oh, I just want to see your face when you get there. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, you can use that line like once and then after that, it's not so funny anymore. Um, but uh, so anyway, they uh, basically go through an interdimensional portal, um, which lands them on this other earth. Um, and this other earth is just a vast, uh, landscape. I, I pictured like a, just a jungle, um, you know, like a tropical jungle setting, um, dense foliage and dense plants and just filled with, um, creatures that, uh, are foreign to, our our ecosystem not only in the sense of kaiju but you had um parasites that kind of acted as um uh, that the kaiju would act as hosts for um and that was a big part of the ecological system that they had going on is that these parasites would um could be controlled by pheromones from the kaiju um 
and you had all sorts of bugs and creatures and things that basically would attempt to kill um, the humans if they uh, were not uh, careful and protected by the scent of, uh, you know, kaiju pheromones or something like that. Um, I think the the size of everything was difficult yeah. for me to wrap my head around. I felt like there wasn't enough real just comparison when yeah. it came to the the size of things. So, um, I think at one point they were talked about being a hundred stories tall. Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the parasites, you know, eventually I kind of got it into my brain that they were huge. Yes. When I first was hearing about that, I in my mind I was thinking fleas or right yeah things like, like that. microscopic um, parasites yeah. yeah yeah um but obviously that's not you know these are huge great kind of tiger sized parasites or whatever mm-hmm. um that live on this ecosystem which is the kaiju yeah um, but also there wasn't great description of the actual animal itself none yeah. I have no idea what it looks like. Nope. I mean, I've got Godzilla in my brain the whole way through, but yeah. some of the stuff that they said didn't really work with that. And then, yeah, I'm, I wasn't getting a lot of imagery. Right. No, I completely agree with you. Um, I was disappointed with the lack of variety um, of, like, description of kaiju and, like... Um, and they don't necessarily talk about them in terms of like Godzilla. So like the only reason that we have Godzilla in our heads is because of the cinema, what we know of the cinematic universe uh, of which this is not supposed to be related to um, other than um, through the name Kaiju and um, kind of how that term came to be. They went into some sort of like weird lore about it. Um, being like uh somewhere overseas they f- they found uh, a lizard that was a little bit bigger than they typically would think and the media kind of got a hold of it and that's how they spun it into Godzilla and all the things so um anyway yeah. the Kaiju Preservation Society is tasked with um tracking monitoring the patterns the behavior patterns of these giant creatures um on this planet and making sure that they do not cross over onto our dimension um and the reason that that could possibly be a thing is because um they describe that each kaiju is essentially a nuclear has a nuclear reactor within them and um they have the ability to um basically like use the energy stored up inside them to crack through the dimension is kind of what i got am i so i think the yeah so the kaiju obviously create a nuclear reaction within them they've got a reactor and everything um and also the reason they can come through to our world is because we have also discovered nuclear fusion yeah and as soon as we started using nuclear energy that that created this thin um, barrier whatever yeah and then was able to break through yeah and the kaiju are attracted to nuclear energy so they came through the voids into our world uh and this happened like you know so we're going back to the 50s and 60s yeah people were doing a lot more experimenting with uh, nuclear energy. Mm -hmm. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, it's slightly tenuous. <laughs> yeah. Interesting premise. It is. Um, it is. That there would be a naturally occurring nuclear, nuclear fusion within an animal. We know that within space-time, nuclear reactions happen. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, it happens in nature, just mm-hmm. not you know the nature of where we think about animals and fauna and flora but it happens in nature as in the cosmos so yes. i guess it could also happen uh but yeah it's just <laughs> I, d- I don't think we were ever supposed to think this through too no no yeah you're <laughs> you're totally right um and so essentially what happens is Jamie is tasked with um not just lifting things he basically i think somebody gets injured and he gets assigned to um be somewhat of a tour guide to some of the investors uh some of the basically uh rich folk that um have given money to the organization uh and lo and behold uh one of the people that comes over and tours the place is uh his ex-boss um and uh he's like this um they just basically describe him as like an elon musk type character right like um you know yeah yeah i think he's i think he's um probably slightly more stupid yeah 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 not as intelligent, um, business savvy in the sense that he just, you know, he makes decisions based purely on whether or not it's going to make him money or not. And, um, very careless, very arrogant. And so anyway, he comes over and Jamie's tasked with like showing him around, um, which he does. And, um, there's some like actiony type scenes where like he, uh, you know, he has about with, uh, you know, some of the parasites, some of the smaller creatures, um, Jamie is kind of like a hero in some, in some of those, uh, types of scenes and, um, Yeah, and then eventually, uh, I, there's really nothing of substance to any of this. Um, so, like, eventually, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna skip around a little bit because uh, eventually, the the last act, you you did not know as the reader what the heck this was building up for. Like, there was, I mean, you could. Yeah, eventually there's signs of other people that uh, have somehow gotten through and not through, like, the the standard way that people are supposed to come through to this dimension. So then you have, like, basically a security threat. Um, people are coming over here. You kind of have a, um, a situation where... The team, the Preservation Society, is then needs to figure out what this other group of people are doing. They are a hostile group of people. Um, and, oh, by the way, also one of the kaiju went missing. 
And so, Claire, I don't know if I'm doing a good job describing this as it's going, so... Yeah, I mean, I think you've just got to kind of read it, really. But um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, that generally is what happens. You know, they, he gets to he gets to this world and um, gets in, involved in all of the science and and lifting things and logistics, and uh, they go out on some field expeditions. Where one of the, I think, one of the fun, more fun scenes, one of the more interesting parts of the book, were when they were getting one of the kaiju to mate with another one of the kaiju because um, I think uh, this female kaiju had been coming on to the male kaiju and the male kaiju was having none of it and didn't really want anything to do with her. So they went out and, and sprayed pheromones around and tried to get him to be more interested in it because obviously if you've got a breeding kaiju, then that's going to be more interesting to science. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was quite a fun little bit of the book. I enjoyed that bit. But I also kind of, it occurs to me that that's also not something that we would generally do as a as a race these days because we know better than to get involved in trying to um, manipulate nature in that way. Mm. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's it's sort of akin to pandas, right? Where, you know, they're quite difficult to get them to breed. So we get involved and we we do breed them in captivity and everything else, and we try and get them, you know, to repopulate. Um, so it's sort of similar to that, but they're not doing it for that reason. They're doing it because they want to see a kaiju laying eggs and doing what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically the catalyst for everything that happens after that. So they get this this female kaiju to, to start laying eggs. Um, apparently they lay an inordinate amount of eggs over a period of several sort of clutches, if you like, uh, from one encounter. Um, and then while she's... Uh, roosting? I don't know what you what, what you call that when birds are sitting on because they, they yeah that's sort of similar to birds, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. So <clears throat> while she's um, sitting on her eggs, nesting, uh, yeah. that's when she disappears with all of her eggs as well, and she's just gone. Like you know, this hundred foot creature, or hundred story tall, mile high creature has just disappeared, um, out of nowhere, and there's no sign of her anywhere, anywhere. So like just kind of weird and they have to work out what happened so uh, yeah i mean that that happened but i quite liked the whole breeding and the sciencey bit mm-hmm. yeah. it would be good if uh i don't know can we manufacture pheromones like that i guess we probably could if we worked hard enough. sorry but... um <laughs> yeah yeah uh i don't know yeah, I'm. I it's don't kind know. Of, we're struggling, aren't we, with this book? We are struggling talk with about this. It in any great detail, because, <laughs> like you said, it's it's very dialogue heavy. Yeah, the dialogue is all ninety percent sarcasm. Yeah, trying to be funny when people and people do die in the book. Like, yeah, there is some sadness in the book. It doesn't really come across, um, because they're really. That that sarcastic kind of language tone continues even when they're extremely sad about their friend dying. Um, they're put in great danger at one point, and they're still cracking jokes and being yeah. sarcastic. And there's no kind of you don't get the fear, right? You know, it's right. Just, it's um, I don't want to 
shit on this book too much. Sorry. Oh, I'm. I, I mean, I was going to. So. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think overall, I probably quite enjoyed it. Just as yeah. a kind of didn't really need to think about it too much. Bit of a fun like read. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I got over Will Wheaton kind of irritating me <laughs> with his delivery. Um, which he doesn't irritate me in every book that he's read. So no, I don't know why he did so much on this one. Yeah, I think it was the the material plus his delivery was yeah. not ideal. Yeah, yeah. But I think overall, <laughs> I probably enjoyed it more than you did. Yeah, but I kind of just suspended disbelief and just enjoyed it for what it was. Ooh, yeah, and I think also listening to the afterward helped, helped me a you. little bit. With yeah. It. Yeah, the empathy in you, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he he does say, you know, that this is a pop song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a great work of art. It's a three chord pop song right. that he wrote that he enjoyed writing. That it came out on the page. He, you know, and I think that 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 analogy kind of worked for me. I think. Yeah, you're right. It's a pop song. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that sentiment. Um, you know, clearly, I think what's interesting about how this book, because if you look on Audible, if you look on Goodreads, if you look anywhere, this book is rated, uh, if they have, let's, let's say that they have like a four star system, this book is rated like four or four and a half out of five. And so I had maybe too high of expectation going into it. And I'm usually the type of person that likes dialogue heavy, heavy books. Um, but oh my goodness, I struggled with this book. Um, not yeah. just, I, I didn't have, I didn't struggle with finishing it. Like there was, that was fine. I, it's not like I was like, oh my God, I have to keep listening to this. Um, but it was, I think the, the content wasn't what I had hoped it to be. Um, I think that, and this is my own bias for sure, but I think I was hoping for like a Jurassic Park type of a ride, you know, like, um, I was hoping it for it to be maybe a little bit darker and a little bit more gritty. And that was not what the author had intended. Um, Mm. and I think what's interesting is that not only was that not what Scalzi had intended, he wanted to write this as a lighthearted, like you said, romp. Um, it was, I think it's telling about the audience's reaction to it. And it's almost as if like you see these ratings and, I think that that's just where people are at, or at least they. Oh, I agree. They were. I was just about to say the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think you're absolutely spot on with that. It is very much a case of we had so much heaviness shit to deal with. Yeah, and it was so heavy, and there was so much going on, and it was, um, you know, we all had COVID. We are all locked in. We're lonely. We're protests so and about all of the yeah. stuff that's going on in the world with protests and war you know what happened <laughs> um at the capital in yeah. the u.s and all of that stuff is going on and everyone's feeling really heavy and nobody wants to keep reading really heavy um books apparently at I that do. point because it's too much <laughs> yeah i know i i 
I do as well to a point, but then, yeah. I, then I'm looking today and I'm thinking, right, what's what's our next book going to be? Yeah. And I'm actually thinking, I'm not sure I want to read anything. I've got a list of books that I want to read. Yeah. And all of them at the moment, I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm not strong enough yet. For yeah, that's fair. And I feel guilty about it because I want to read more mm-hmm. about it. But at the same time, I'm not feeling like I'm in that place yet. Yeah, I think that that's an interesting conversation um, and an interesting, like, thing to think about because we absolutely um, seem to be, as a society, ready to gobble up the mind-numbing, don't-need-heavy explanation, um, just kind of give me an entertaining, light-hearted a piece of entertainment and I will be ecstatic with about it, you know, like, mm-hmm. so, um, to me, that is the only, that is like what I can try to analyze and decipher from the reviews and the work and, you know, and that's not to say that, you know, Scalzi is, is not a bad writer um I, okay. I i do think that he probably went a little bit overboard on the sarcasm lightheartedness of it all um at least for me mm. and coupled with will wheaton's um narration of it he uh he has the other two books that will wheaton has uh narrated that I that I listened to was uh, The Martian and Project Hail Mary Mm. Um, and I loved Project Hail Mary Um, but I loved it for the content Um, and I felt like the way that Will Wheaton um, narrated it was appropriate for that book like it was a perfect marriage Um, but Will Wheaton's um, narration style is to over emote when he's reading like times a thousand um (laughs) so like emphasis on certain syllables um changes his tone of voice um for like and it's and it seems to always be emotive in the direction of like cracking jokes and sarcasm. So I don't know if that made it that much harder um, or like that made the sarcasm that much more pronounced, but it definitely seemed it just, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good pairing to me. Um, I uh, didn't really enjoy it. Uh, I didn't really enjoy this book. Um, so, which is a bummer because I was actually really looking forward to this book, uh, or at least the what I th- what I had hoped it to be, and that is yeah. completely on me. That is a me problem. So I I own that. <laughs> so I have to say, right? So here we go about narrators now. So, um, just to pick up on what you were talking about then. So I listened to The Martian, which Will Wheaton narrated. But Project Hail Mary was narrated by Ray Porter, who also oh, narrated really? another book that is, in my opinion, um, better than the Kaiju Preservation Society, but in a similar thing, which is Outland by Dennis E. Taylor. 
I've never who read also that. Wrote the We Are Bob, We Are Legion. Oh, okay. Series, which is also one of my favorite sci-fi series, and it's also light-hearted and funny. And um, but yeah, he so Ray Porter uh, um, narrated Project Hail Mary for me, and I yeah, I really enjoyed it. Oh no, um, you were totally right, Claire. It is. It, it says narrated by Ray Porter for me as well. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was. But the Martian we... was by Will Wheaton, so maybe that was maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but they're similar, 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 similar. Um, <laughs> I keep saying similar, um, similar style, mm-hmm. but I think maybe slightly less over the top than Will Wheaton. Um, but Outland, if anybody does want to read it, um, I wouldn't say don't read this because I think it's a fun, short-ish um, book that you can get through pretty quickly, and it's it's quite fun to read and uh, or listen to. But um, Outland is another one where you have a, an interdimensional portal, so they go through to a, an alternative Earth, um, and uh, it is science-based again, so it's actually to do with Yellowstone erupting, um, which uh, they create a... Uh, they've in, they accidentally create an interdimensional portal. Um, it's an alternate Earth with identical geology, but where humans never evolved. And they, the group races to establish control of the portal before the government, the military, or evildoers can take it away. Um, and then Yellowstone supervolcano erupts uh, in an explosion large enough to destroy civilization and kill half the planet. So, and then they start trying to bring people through to Outland and setting up a new society and everything else. And it, that, I think it's a much better book. Okay. You know, so definitely worth reading. Yeah. Uh, hmm. And then, uh, yeah, there was some other. There was another one that's the Long Earth series, which is another long, long series of um, sci-fi books about alternative Earths as well. Mm. But uh, yeah, so one of my favourite genres, I think, uh, that kind of alternative universe type stuff. I think is fun. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like multiverse stuff in general is is definitely interesting. Um, um, I just had higher hopes for this, uh, for this. And so, yeah. um, uh, do we want to talk about the ending like spoilers or do we just want to leave it f- in case anybody wants to, um, to, I mean, we, li- we can do so we can give our spoiler okay. warning now and then just go, you know, just in case people aren't going to read it, we can synopsize what happens. Sure. Uh, then in that case, we will go ahead and do the spoiler, uh, warning right here. And from this point on, we'll be talking about spoilers. Um, you feel free to skip ahead. Um, and because we will be giving this a rating and then we'll be talking about our next books. So I think, um, I think this is a fairly quick, (laughs) it will be super quick. What I will say about this book actually is that. (laughs) I didn't feel at any point it was rushed or slow. I think it was pretty even. The pacing was pretty even all the way through. I don't know what you think. Um, I thought that the the plot the to the plot at the end could have been, like they could have found signs of 
others much sooner in the book that may have drawn more of a mystery and like suspense angle to it. Like if people started to disappear or like, you know, it just, it seemed, it didn't seem rushed, but it almost seemed as though they, that Scalzi got to a point where he's like, Oh, I gotta like do something with this book. Like mm-hmm. I have, there has to be like some sort of big thing that happens, and so yeah. the, he just kind of like puts it in the last hundred pages, maybe even seventy-five pages of the book. Um, it's yeah, the inciting incident, I suppose. Yeah, which is barely disappearing. Um, right, is is much later in the book than you would expect it to be. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so. Um, we had talked about one of the kaiju going missing, uh, Bella, one of the kaiju, uh, that's what they named the creature, um, did go missing, um, was transported to, um, a remote location in Northern Canada, um, where on the other side of that dimensional portal, um, was a team of mercenaries essentially. Um, and the big reveal unsurprising, at least to me was that, um, it was Raymond, right? Um, Raymond was the, the antagonist. That the, that's, I, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, again, his anyway. yeah, his like, ex-boss. Uh, what yeah. A shock. What yeah. a shock. Um, not, not a shock at all. Not yeah. a shock at all. Um, Absolute asshole and, and yeah. proved to be even more of an asshole than we originally thought. Exactly. So, um, they, uh, Scalzi kind of like tried to say that there is some sort of history between the Kaiju, Pervas- the Kaiju per- Preservation Society and his family going back decades. And essentially the, the tie-in is that, uh, Raymond is still very interested in harvesting or using the nuclear energy inside of Bella to um, harness that energy into a different way. Um, but what that would mean is that Bella would have to be on our Earth in our dimension. Um, so, yeah. So, essentially... But she can't be because the air is different. She can't actually live in that no. climate. Yeah. The, um, and she starts to basically break down and have... Um, you know, uh, what you call it, meltdown the reactor. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yep, perfect. Uh, she's about to blow up. She's about to blow up. Thousands, yeah. Yeah. Because even though they're in a remote area of, of Canada, they're quite close to an, an army base and or an air force base and, and a, a subsequently a little town. Mm-hmm. Um, and because kaiju migrate towards water when they're, when they're reacting, when they're over, you know, when they're melting down or whatever, um, she would be going towards that town and then she would explode and kill everybody. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jamie and, uh, a few of the KPS team members 
go against the their superiors' orders and go out looking for Bella. They stumble across this uh, interdimensional portal with, and the, so then they go through it. Um, they end up in Canada and immediately are asked to surrender to the mercenaries. They're held at gunpoint, and um, that's the reveal. Then that's when Raymond is revealed to be like the dun 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 the the big antagonist leader. Of, so this is yeah. this is the scene I had the biggest problem with. Right? Okay, okay. So there yeah. are these scientists who are geeks, nerds, right. scientist nerds. Nothing against scientist nerds. I wish I was one. Absolutely love scientist nerds. But anyway, you know they they are both uh, biologists and physicists and um, chemists, and they're taken at gunpoint, including Jamie, who is um, lifts things. And it's an ex-bike delivery person and an ex-marketing director or something. Um, and they're taken at gunpoint by scary men mm-hmm. with, you know, ARs and held at gunpoint. And they're told they're going to die. They are going to be killed because... And then there's this weird reference to monologuing from yeah. The Incredibles, which is just a bit like, okay, it was quite funny, but not, you know, probably a bit too try hard. Um, and they're not scared at all. They're just like no. still going with the funny quips and the sarcastic remarks and the smart arseness. And I that was my biggest issue with the scene. I'm like, okay, so you're being held at gunpoint, and you don't, you are not scared. You don't care at all. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get it. Like they were so loyal to this mm-hmm. job or yeah like i don't yeah. know loyal to the mission i guess um i don't know anyway i anyway, i agree i mean the whole thing just kind of like uh, as it was playing out i was like this is about what i expected from a scene like this in a book like this mm-hmm. um essentially um they had apparently previously attached some anti um yeah i don't know what you would call it like basically the it's a pheromone but it's the opposite of like a uh, attraction pheromone um that was on bella and so they release these these bombs uh jamie and his team do um which send the parasites uh basically going into attack anything that isn't Bella mode. And so then the parasites leave Bella and uh, take out like the bad guys, essentially. Um, And then there's uh, a helicopter that comes through the portal um, that happens to be KPS as well. Um, Sati is the pilot's name and Sati ends up uh, bringing the helicopter through to get them out um, or bring them back. And uh, they pick up Jamie and um, there's like this little chase scene that occurs between Bella and the helicopter. And um, they basically have to lure Bella back through the portal. Um, And yay science. That's, that's (laughs) that. (laughs) um that that's essentially the book right like there's nothing else i don't think that there's anything else actually like major that happens um 
No. Uh, yeah. No, I think the um, the only other thing to say that is a real positive about this book is the um, inclusivity yes. in the book. Yeah. Um, so there are, uh, and John Scorsese, I believe, is known for oh, really? using um, neutral pronouns. Yeah. Uh, and having non-binary characters and having LGBTQ plus characters and it not being referred to particularly. It's just a, a fact that that yeah. person is there and they are non-binary. Yep. Because, and the only reason you know that is because the pronouns... Of the pronouns, used, yep. Um, it's not referred to in a specific, you know, it's not a flag waving, hey, there's right. a non-binary person in right. this book. Right, um, And I, I really like that. I I thought that that was a great touch, I will say. Um, I liked that. uh, I liked the fact that there is not like a in-your-face explanation. Um, It's just, it is what, you know, it's just how it's written. And I I liked that. Um, It made it seem very natural, which it should be. So, And also, um, because we listened to it, Jamie in our book that we listened to was male because it was will will or seemed to be male mm-hmm. um but uh, i know there's a bit of discussion around the physical book oh i didn't it, know that you know, jamie is actually male or female because it's oh. not really referred to at all i so. you know what i didn't even think about that mm-hmm. um so, i think uh, i yeah, also I had it in my head that of... that jamie was male mm-hmm yeah, so, yeah, I mean, me too. But uh, I think that's probably because of the way it was read to us rather than because we read it on the page, if you know what I mean. But anyway, yeah. it was, um, yeah, I mean, it was an okay book. I wouldn't, you know, it's definitely not going to be on my reread list. But it's, you know, it was, it was okay. Yeah. Should we go ahead and give this a rating? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Um, okay, this is not going to be hard for me. Um, uh, for those of you that are listening and uh, and watching the podcast, um, we do have a, a unique rating system. Um, one star being a complete waste of time. Two stars, fine, but not happy with it. Three stars, satisfactory, not too bad. Um, then we have... Four stars, loved reading it, and five stars was impactful. Um, Okay. Um, I am definitely in the two-star camp. Um, Mm -hmm. Fine, but not happy with it. It was more irritating than rewarding. I completely agree with that sentiment Um, for me. It was problematic, um, but not so much of a struggle to like finish it. So, um, like I said, I did finish the book, and I had no issue finishing the book. Part of that being that it was a shorter book. So, I did like that fact. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't say that I would recommend this book to anybody. Claire, what do you think? See now I'm now I'm tossing up between two and three. Um I think, you know it was okay. I enjoyed reading it, it wasn't too bad. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But then also I also agree with the fact that it was slightly irritating. <laughs> um there were some problems with it. 
Yeah. So maybe I should be more two and a half than three. So I think, yeah, because I'm definitely not. What we generally say is anything over a three, we would start, or anything from three and over, yeah. we would start recommending other people read it. I think while I'm not saying don't read it, I'm also not going to say, you know, I'm not passing this around to my friends saying, hey, you've got to read this book. Right. So, Right. Um, I think, yeah, two and a half for me. Which, if I think about our last fiction book, Clara and the Sun, mm-hmm. I think I would recommend, you know, like, mm-hmm. so just the, to compare the two fiction books that we've read so far, I'm like, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that, uh, that kind of brings us to the end of the book discussion. Um, I, if you are interested in reading this book, um, after listening to us, um, talk about it so much, then, uh, more power to you. Um, if, if you aren't, uh, then at least we got to read it for you. Uh, should we talk about our books for next? Yes. Our next two books. Okay, so our books for the remaining weeks of May into June. So, look, uh, real quick, yeah. uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, the first, or the next book, I should say, which will be the nonfiction book, correct? If we're going yeah. alternating. Um, mm-hmm. We will want to have this read by Sunday the 22nd. Yes. Okay. Okay, so this is our first, uh, our nonfiction book um, is going to be 10 Steps to Nanette by Hannah Gadsby. So I'm really excited to read this. And um, I don't know if anyone else has seen this net, her Netflix special, uh, Nanette, um, but that uh, it's a comedy special. Comedy is not the right word for it. It is life changing. It is just. I any I if you haven't seen the Netflix special, watch the Netflix special, read the book. Okay. I'm so excited to read this. I cannot tell you. So, um, yeah. And if you want to do a watch party and we'll watch it together, I would love that. Yeah, um, that sounds cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, this I'm really excited to read this. But the the blurb, um, so multi award winning Hannah Gadsby transformed comedy with her show Nanette even as she declared that she was quitting stand-up. Now she takes us through the defining moments in her life that led to the creation of Nanette and her powerful decision to tell the truth, no matter the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, I'm, I just cannot tell you how excited I am to read that book, but I won't, you know, won't go into it too much now because I think it would be good for people if they haven't already discovered Hannah Gadsby from her Netflix special, yeah. which did go viral. Okay. Um, then please go and watch it because it's, it's absolutely fantastic so uh, when yeah. when claire and i were uh you know discussing about like what the next book uh or books should be um claire recommended this book and um you had said like you have to watch the netflix special first like that is going to be crucial to you know mm-hmm. probably like what is coming with this book um so i have never heard I don't like the name Hannah Gadsby does not ring a bell, but I'm excited to learn more about who this person is. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what comes of this. So she's from uh, Tasmania, which is um, an Island near Australia. Mm-hmm. So she's from down under. 
Uh, but yeah, she's an incredible woman, and uh, I think you're gonna. I think you will love that Netflix special. Oh, I'm looking forward to oh, it then. Can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. Cool, cool. And then our fiction book. Yes. Uh, so this one we would be looking to have completed by the fifth of June. That sounds right. Yep. Yeah, and this is the Island of Missing Trees by uh, Elif Shafak. Or Elif Shafak. Um, and this is a non-fiction book uh, set around the island of Cyprus, which was um, split into two. There was a Turkish half and a Greek half um, um, at some point during the 20th century. And this is a story of two people that are um, uh, met on this island. And, and uh, two, it says... Uh, two teenagers a greek cypriot and a turkish cypriot meet at a taverna on the island they both call home in the taverna hidden beneath garlands of garlic chili peppers and creeping honeysuckle costas and daphne grow in their forbidden love for each other a fig tree stretches through a cavity in the roof and this tree bears witness to their hushed happy meetings and eventually to their silent surreptitious departures the tree is there when war breaks out when the capital is reduced to ashes and rubble and when the teenagers vanish Decades, decades later, Costas returns. He is a botanist looking for native species, but really he's searching for lost love. And then, yeah, there's a there's a bit more blurb to it, but we'll we'll kind of let you read it and decide if you want to join in with us on these books. I will post the links in the Discord. Yes. Um, and yeah, I hope you come along and read with us and join us for our next podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to these uh, next two books. Um, Claire and I both were kind of in the mood to step out of our um, sci-fi fantasy like comfort zone, I think, um, when it comes to fiction. So um, I'm kind of I'm looking forward to what I hope to be uh, a really like unique story. So, and that uh, how did you hear about this book, Claire? Uh, I think it just came up on one of my recommended. Okay. Um, so I quite often look through. I I do find it a little bit limiting, actually. The whole recommend listen to this next or read this next. Yes. Listen thing, you know, because yep. it is very tailored to what I read. But also, I do want to branch out and read around other subjects and read other sorts of books. So, um, it can be a little bit limiting. It's like you're my own little echo chamber. Uh, when I look at just recommended reads, but this, yeah, definitely recommended. Um, and I thought, you know, it's it's not sci-fi; it's a straightforward story. Um, there's going to be a little bit of history in there around European um, history, around war and and social history, which is what I'm really interested in. Um, and also, there's a bit of a love story going on. And um, allegedly, it's you know, it's got really great reviews. The writing's beautiful. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I am also looking forward to it. And um, I am debating whether or not I think I have a feeling that I'm going to do maybe the audiobook for Hannah uh, for Hannah Gadsby's if she mm-hmm. has narrated her book. Um, I have a feeling she has. Okay. I'm going to 
But I think the Island of Missing Trees, I think I am going to go support one of uh, my indie local bookstores near me. Um, I will have to travel a little bit for it, but it is a, it's called Dog-Eared Books. And um, it is uh, like a a cafe slash dog-friendly bookstore and I'm I've been wanting to check it out for a really long time so uh, I think I'm going to oh, do that fantastic. yeah I do already have a physical copy of the book you do the, okay the, the fiction book. okay um, perfect so yeah I'm looking forward to that uh, the island of missing trees and yeah I am going to listen to Nanette because it is it is Hannah Gadsby that that narrates it awesome so. Yeah, and it's also on Audible. It actually has a four point nine rating currently. Wow! With one hundred and thirty two ratings. So oh my word! Yeah, it's got like eight four star reviews, and that's it. Okay. Wow. Everything else is five stars. So, yeah. That's awesome. There we go. I'm excited. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, I. Look for our socials. Um, just a reminder of our socials. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, through either of those, we'll make sure that there's a Discord link in there so that you can join our chats offline. And stay tuned for a uh, TikTok as well. Woohoo! Is there anything else, Claire? Uh, any, any ideas for TikTok gratefully received? Please DM us if you have some phenomenal idea for tiktok type stuff absolutely or if you just want to be our you know free <laughs> if you <laughs> want to be our poster child <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um absolutely well uh thanks for listening yes absolutely claire thank you um as always uh, i was really looking forward to this even though i uh was not a fan of the book it's still uh something that i looked forward to doing today so definitely always all right everybody well uh stay tuned for next time bye